0: Here. Captain, signatures detected. Shield up. What? Signatures detected. Red alert. Context, selfie, command. What's C- context, selfie, command.
1: Relay that order.
0: Context, selfie, command. Is this is the captain. C- context, selfie,
1: command. Get out of my chair. Chair, chair,
0: chair, chair. We have engaged the Klingons. 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 Welcome to The Greatest Discovery. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of the greatest generation. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison.
1: Hey, I noticed that um, Round Springfield, which was formerly Everything's Coming Up Simpsons, is also a new Simpsons podcast. (laughs) They they probably don't even realize they have anus in their name. (laughs) (laughs) We should tell them. Yeah, we should tell them that our, our... our Max Fun sister uh, show, Allie
0: Gertz would love to know that. Yeah,
1: she, <laughs> Allie Gertz would be delighted to have us point out that she's been actually accidentally saying "anus" <laughs> in a way that is very similar to a, the the way we've been purposely saying "anus."
0: I'm I'm sure she'll be relieved to know that.
1: She probably knows. They've got to know, right? They've got to know. They've they, got to know. <laughs> they like dirty jokes. Yeah, they got great senses of humor over there on uh, on Round Springfield. Check out Round Springfield on Max Fun if you uh, if you're a Simpsons fan.
0: This is not a compensated endorsement. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, heaven forfend we uh, do anything to help anyone else on the network that we are on.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's I mean it's it's broken pool cues all the way down right now, Ben.
1: <laughs> you know, we'll see who fucking comes out of this alive.
0: <laughs> real, real Lord of the Podcast situation right yeah. now. They
1: broke my it's a real good twin evil twin situation yeah i didn't realize that this this uh star trek picard series was gonna get so soap opery at the end
0: yeah <laughs> sure is i i want to get into it ben let's let's go ahead and talk about star trek picard season one episode nine et In arcadia ego part one Ben, this is the only episode of Star Trek Picard without a written by credit. What do you make of that? It's a teleplay credit, and then it's a story by credit. And we've talked about this before when talking about Star Trek. When you get credit cloud, that can occasionally mean not good things about the episode ahead. Yeah. I mean, I... Why not take a written credit here Tel- for anyone?
1: Teleplay would seem to indicate the same thing, but. I, I-
0: but Shabon shares that credit uh, in both areas. He's on the teleplay credit and on the story by credit. Is it
1: just one other person?
0: Teleplay by Michael Shabon and Ayelet Waldman, and then story by Michael Shabon and Ayelet Waldman and Akiva Goldman. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, because
1: I think um, there must be like some guild yeah. rule that. Like means that there's some meaningful distinction between the. Those I mean, two. Akiva
0: Goldman clearly fucked everything up. Like it would have been, it would have been just the two. Yeah. And then he popped into the room with some idea, and then, and then it just, <laughs> it blew up the credit structure here. <laughs> yeah.
1: It w- it would have been so clean and perfect, Adam.
0: Uh, but Akiva Goldman gets the directed by credit here, uh, really? which is I was uh, an I was... additional <laughs> data point to how things are working.
1: That's very interesting. For this episode. So uh, we come through the butthole and into orbit around uh, uh, Capillius.
0: Kind of a rough ride through the transwarp conduit, it seems.
1: Yeah, Gerardi hates it. Everybody else loves it. Gerardi is sort of my wife. Everybody else is me. You
0: get the sense that the Borg cube is built the way bridges are in the face of big earthquakes. Uh-huh. Because if... It was a smooth ride. The board cube, I would imagine, is like structurally very tight. Yeah. But given that it's so bouncy inside the conduit, you've got to believe that there's a lot of uh, lot of wiggling and shimmying yeah. in the cube during transit, the right? The cube
1: is designed to expand and contract uh-huh. and uh, weather all kinds of movement. Yeah. Um, I wish we had gotten a little bit of uh, how it went for Narek, too, going through, because yeah. he is on their ass the second they come through and and shooting them. And this is actually a really fun, scary dogfight, because right. it there's some mechanics at play that we've never seen before. He's using his cloaking device to make, like, fake second snake heads. Yeah. And, uh... The
0: way a ventriloquist throws his voice, he's <laughs> kind of throwing his ship around.
1: Yeah. And then the hole
0: shits a brick in the form of a poured cube. This made me so happy. This is one of my rare predictions that came true, but... Boy, I fucking
1: laughed out loud when this happened. It was so funny. It is so amazing, (laughs) this moment.
0: Because the cube seems too big for the butthole.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can tell that uh, this is going to be like kind of a medical situation. You don't
0: want to strain yourself too hard. You don't want to push a square peg that's that big out of your round hole. This moment serves the surprise. You don't see Seven of Nine drive the ship the way I wanted to, and that's fine. But you know there's a scene missing here where she's like at the wheel of this thing. Uh,
1: Yeah. I'm like,
0: (laughs) fuck it, we're going in? Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And how scary... I mean, I guess we know later that the cube is not empty. Right. But how scarily... Uh, non-staffed it must be to be anything that giant that is almost empty, almost empty has got yeah. to have a definite feeling yeah it's such a fast sequence i think yeah Like one
1: thing I thought about was like in T N G like occasionally there's a space battle where you like see, you know, you watch the little like dot of light go all the way around the circumference of the saucer before coming Mm -hmm. to a point and making a beam and hitting and you're like it can't be that slow. Like space a a space fight can't be slow as molasses the way it's always it always is on this show. Yeah. And these sequences, like, and then there's fucking flowers and they're just, like, crashing toward the surface. Like, stuff happens at such a rapid pace in this sequence that I was like, uh, go back to TNG speed. It's too too
0: fast for me. (laughs) It's like you watch a war film or an action film before predator and then you see the minigun from predator and you're like that's how fast bullets can shoot yeah yeah (laughs) that's the equivalent here the space battle is so much faster than anything we've seen it's wild yeah and
1: like you don't get the sense that like the flowers take any time coming up from orbit they're immediately surrounded by a bunch of giant orchids uh Rafi goes into the back and gets a giant vaporizer. And <laughs> <laughs> she seems really excited, but everybody else is really scared because one of these grabs onto their ship, the lights go out, and She's then...
0: like, this planet's carrying. <laughs> <laughs> planet's
1: riding dirty. I like it. Uh yeah, they they are uh plummeting toward the surface. Plummeting toward the surface, but not scared. Like they they like go through the part of the atmosphere where it's like you know, like burning fire around the ship and then they're just in free fall and they're like, oh, cool. And then they all turn and Picard seems almost possessed uh, or maybe just bonked on the head. Hard to tell.
0: The the pace is so fast and then it's communicating something visually that seems a little bit familiar. Like we know the many dangers of entering an atmosphere uncontrolled. Right. And so the idea that these ships might be protected by these orchids is something I thought of on the other hand, they may be getting attacked by the orchids because their power is going out right, uh, but also like I think we've seen war films where if you get caught in your parachute on a jump, it is the most dangerous thing to happen so if if it starts as protection and ends as danger as you're hurtling toward the ground, it yeah. could be a little bit of all those things
1: and you were given no guide rope to understand this with I
0: love how the orchids are able to totally consume the little ships and then with the Borg cube they're like so well I like... guess I'll grab a corner <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, That'd be very weird
0: there's there's clearly a moment of confusion between those orchids where yeah. they're not exactly sure where to put themselves yeah it's, it's a real you and I in bed with our wives situation uh-huh. uh, does this go here I don't know <laughs> It is scary to see Picard in this state, and after the theme song, it is clear that he's been on his own mental journey. He's experienced a little bit of a clip show device, yeah, uh we, while sitting in the seat.
1: We get all those moments of him uh forming the resolve in himself to go do this uh meeting with the doctor and 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 whatnot and then. Then he's being woken up in Six Bay by uh Dr. Girati who uh has scanned him with a uh, you know all the power's out on the ship, but she found a a old school medical tricorder. Uh not so old school that it would be a recognizable TNG era prop, but mm-hmm. old school to her.
0: The sound felt familiar to me though, before yeah. anything, like before he opens his eyes, you hear that sound. Yeah. It's nice
1: and she is wise to his uh mental issue he, she knows about his brain thing it sort of goes un, unspoken but it is the uh the elephant that is standing in the room with them
0: i think what makes alison pill one of my favorite actors on the show is what she does nonverbally and this is the moment that you hire her for yeah she's saying a ton with a one centimeter spot on her chin. Like, she's communicating that. Yeah,
1: it seems like she has a lot of control over that little spot on her chin. right. Because she does that quite a bit in this show. But I wondered, like, why she was so torn up about this. I didn't get the sense that... I mean, like, the last episode, they they really butted heads.
0: When she first meets him at the Institute, she... Knows who he is by reputation, but she is not in awe of him as a celebrity. Right. I I think I'm with you on this. It feels a little unearned
1: that she would be as shredded by realizing She's he's going to die.
0: Yeah. Is what she's doing.
1: Yeah. Which I didn't like. Yeah. I have to be honest. Like, I don't think that that's a good choice. I think that that's a, like, jacking the fans off kind of choice. And I
0: also... I can do that myself. Yeah. I'm doing it already. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put a hat on my hat. <laughs> I, I'm i in agreement with you. Like, while I like the performance, the performance... It's make... in service of the wrong thing. Exactly. It's not in service yeah. of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this kicks off... Like, Picard in this moment is like, well, if she knows, I guess I better make the announcement. Yeah. And so he convenes a McLaughlin group... If you want! ...in the rubble of the ship. <laughs> uh, the, the very sad McLaughlin group that goes like, hey, everyone... Uh, I'm sick, and it's bad, and there's no cure, and I don't want to talk about it.
1: Yeah, the uh, the classic Picard thing of like, my problems are my own, mm-hmm. and none of you are at the pay grade where you would be uh, permitted to ask me about it, so they're asking Soji about the settlement here. Uh, Capellius Station is the name of the encampment that they spotted as they plummeted from orbit, and uh, she has kind of vague memories of what it is and what it's like. She's uh, still pretty mixed up with her with her implanted memories versus her real memories. Um, they also have a ticking clock because they know that the Romulans are headed here. The, the Romulans have had to warp. They, they're not getting there via... Borg tunnels, but they're right. but they're coming.
0: Much smoother ride over there for the roms, you yeah. gotta believe.
1: Yeah, it's like the difference between taking a zeppelin and a seven forty seven across the <laughs> Atlantic. You know, one is like a real chill, smooth hang, but yeah. it takes a lot longer. The uh-huh. <laughs> other's a, a bit brutal, tbh. <laughs> but you, you're there's getting...
0: a more metal way to get there. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it's hard to tell how fucked up the ship is too, because. Like, there's a lot of talk in this episode of like, we've got a ship, we can leave.
0: Yeah. But the and ship looks fucked
1: up. If on only the surface. they could repair it. Yeah, <laughs> the damage looks pretty severe. And they also get armed on their way out.
0: We might run into, I don't know, angry reptiloids out there.
1: And they decide as they leave the ship, maybe the first stop should be the cube to go see if Hugh and Elnor are there. Right.
0: Cause it's in the distance, yeah, and uh, it's really fried egg itself into the sand <laughs> trap here. You're gonna want to you're gonna want to take a steep downward angle, yeah, to get that one back up on the green <laughs> with your swing.
1: They uh, they head over there and are s- surprised to find not uh, El- Elnor and not Hugh, but seven of nine.
0: Jl gets clocked as Lacutus like. From jump and it and it sends him into that spiral. Like it's not like he got over his time on the cube from before. Every time he's in close proximity to it or or its inhabitants, he is very fragile. And so when someone clocks him as Lacutus, he is like really freaked out for a moment until Elnor like almost breaks that spell with his hug. Yeah, I really wondered about
1: the cube. I mean so much was made of those uh of those dosimeter badges that everybody has to wear mm-hmm. in, in an early episode like is the cube still potentially capable of regenerating is it still potentially capable of assimilating, assimilating? yeah uh, they're they're getting food replicators online
0: what do we know about a borg cube like i feel like we've heard the trivia from the very first time we met one like it's strange, strangely generalized there's not like Control rooms, or but like a a massive percentage of it could be could be damaged or destroyed while right. still remaining functional.
1: Yeah, so it, there's a chance that there's a a cube fighting 218 warbirds in yeah. the next episode because yeah, that's uh that's the other news. They they fire up the long range sensor and they get this just galaxy of ships that is heading toward them.
0: Yeah, it's a really fun scene when. When Raffi boots it up and sees what they're up against. But it it's also represents how much better off the Borg cube is than the La Serena. It has power. Right. It has power and batteries. Yeah. And when Picard recognizes this, he asks them to boot up the sensors and they get a sense for how far away this, this settlement is too.
1: 218 Warbirds was probably my favorite band I saw on the Warped tour.
0: Mm. <laughs> 709 does not look worse for wear here she looks like she just got out of a shower she's got that like towel dried hair going she looks good elnor looks chill chill too like it doesn't look like they had a hard landing everyone was making it seem as though like well if if they happened to be alive before they hit the ground smashing into the sand certainly would have killed them yeah they're fine
1: yeah i was expecting them to find cat food on this (laughs) on this ship
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: they sort of just push Elnor and Seven of Nine into the corner and they're not a factor for the rest of the episode. It's like, yeah. cool, well, glad you guys are okay. Thanks for letting us use the sensors. We're out of here. We're
0: going to set this part of the story here yeah. and uh, we're going to go that way. Yeah,
1: like, are, are these people that have several times already in the series come in at the last minute and saved the day uh, going to be, like, coming in at the last minute and saving the day later? Who knows?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we sort of elliptically find ourselves on a hill overlooking this this synth village, and it looks nice.
1: Yeah, like a, a very contemporary campus of uh, of like a UC that has like a you know that's oriented toward marine biology or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, its uh, its inhabitants are all in very good shape. It's clean in a way that made me nervous like the kind of place you don't want to trample over something and then get sentenced to death at how very sad
1: all of the synths are wearing very tng era costumes like costumes of people in a settlement that they would visit in tng right like i you could get me convinced that they had saved costumes from TNG and just raided the costume closet because a lot of them look like the the costumes from Justice or other, right. or like times that they go to Risa. Yeah. Like a lot of very revealing costumes.
0: Yeah. I mean, Data spent a lot of time in town squares too. Yeah. And, and the construction of this place seems very familiar in that kind of geographical way.
1: Yeah. Soji immediately recognizes uh, somebody named Arcana and uh, Arcana has sort of, Slightly goldy skin and and data eyes, but not total data. She's sort of maybe a midpoint between data verisimilitude and Soji verisimilitude. Uh, the synths uh, greet their uh, their visitors. They're a little bit uh, unfamiliar with non synthetics. Like Arcana walks up and starts like touching Picard's face. It reminded me of uh something that they talk about a lot in uh in the book that we read the the mm-hmm. Star Trek Picard novel. Picard uh, several times in that book reaches up and touches his face where he was uh implanted yeah and um and that's the part of his face
0: that she touches as well and uh I th- and also Picard's like, You know I don't care for the movie face off <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather keep my face on." <laughs> This is a good moment Yeah It's also
1: uh, The moment where they Break it to these guys Like hey uh, Part of the reason We're here Is to tell you That there are Kind of a shitload Of Romulans On their way And you basically Got two days
0: So uh Y'all Got any more Of those orchids (laughs) You're gonna need To make a shitload Of them And uh And the consensus Is no They only have ten Yeah There's ten left They have two days Left to make A lot more Uh Enter Brent Spiner.
1: Admiral Jean-Luc Picard, retired.
0: In the role of Brent Spiner. (laughs) He's Alton Inigo Soong, the son of Noonien Soong, who he wryly mentions is uh, like, he conceived me, but he made data and lore. Yeah, and... Uh, never let me forget it right <laughs> which
1: is uh uh this was not the th- was not the reveal i was expecting i think no? i predicted that lore was going to be yeah. somewhere in this right and uh i'm still wondering if lore maybe was the positron yeah because of some stuff that develops later yeah but um, Can't rule it out yet, certainly Certainly can't rule it out, but uh, the vibes here are are more than a little weird
0: Yeah, A.I. Sung seems nice and charming Yeah But more than nice and charming, he's like restrained nice and charming Which seems like a kind of threatening in yeah. a
1: weird way Like when he introduces himself as mad scientist Yeah It's like a, many a truth told in jest Yeah Kind of a deal. Picard goes off and has this like solo tea hang, which seems really weird. Like, hey, well, you guys catch up. I'm going to- like. I, I never kn- miss a tea. I know that we're all going to be killed in two days, <laughs> but I'm going to go sit by myself in the courtyard and enjoy some Earl Grey decaf. <laughs> and uh, this is where he meets uh, Sutra, who we first just meet from behind. She's in some, some skimpy pajamas. And uh, we're sort of cutting back and forth between- this and Alton soon explaining that, uh, yeah, like I warned Bruce about sending Daj and Soji into you know into the human world that we were going to bring attention upon ourselves that we didn't want, which is one frustration I had with this episode was it felt like the one where you would want to elucidate a little bit more what Soji and Daj were supposed to accomplish, right. Maybe that that's still coming because
0: there is a moment where I feel like Soji is asked if she did accomplish her mission, and she and said like, yes. Yep, mission
1: accomplished. What was it? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, so that's weird. But also, Soji seems to be engaging in 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 more dishonesty in this episode than she typically has. So
0: there's a real collaborative way that they tell this backstory. That, like they share the knowledge that they've brought to them. Yeah. It, and it
1: f- sort of feels like a uh like counselor's skit night at the opening of a summer camp it where it does
0: th- feel like like a presentation and you're tagging in and tagging out. <laughs> like who's got the story stick now?
1: Yeah. It's like a it's a very grooved out McLaughlin group. <laughs> and uh and yeah, Sutra is um feels very like dangerous,
0: right? She does. And there's something about her physicality that makes her so Yeah, she's slinking around Man. and Uh, like too sexy, too
1: sexy to not be dangerous.
0: (laughs) People are made aware of the admonition, and it's Sutra that wants to know more. And what she proposes is melding with Girati, yeah, in order to get that. And Uh,
1: apparently, mind melding is something you can learn how to do by reading books.
0: Yeah, this is something that uh, Girati has some is understandably reluctant to do and I think you can tell
1: because that spot on her chin starts going nuts (laughs) Uh
0: yeah she gets to see uh the science video we've all seen in middle school uh that that begins with lava and uh, halfway through, you see the fox decomposing. Yeah, you
1: see the flowers blooming in, in fast motion.
0: And then you see the uh, the vignette from Terminator 2, Judgment Day, with the hands <laughs> on the chain link fence. <laughs> uh, you see the whole thing. The thinking is that the admonition was a message only that synthetics could understand. And this seems to be confirmed because the version of this admonition video that we're watching is so much more coherent than in the versions that we saw when the Roms were taking it in and when Girati when was too.
1: Boy, I I've really liked this series so far, and this moment, it just didn't work for me. It felt it felt like too too convenient that she could just mind meld. Yeah. Like mind melding is like it's convenient that Vulcans could do it, but it does it has never been shown to be possible by non-Vulcans. Right. And This sort of implies that just like anybody who studies up on it can do it. Yeah. Which I think that what I wish happened was that they could figure out some way to get to the admonition and have her experience it herself.
0: Yeah. I agree with you that the way that Sutra gains this knowledge does not seem earned in a way that makes sense. But also in a intelligence transference kind of way... Girati should be made aware of the message contained in here as well. And she mentions none of it. Like what we learn is that the admonition is for synthetics and it's a warning. It's if any non-synthetic uh, attempts to genocide synthetics, you have backup. Right. All yeah. you need to do is ask and the cavalry will come directly. We live and outside we will... of
1: time and space, but we're like
0: waiting for you and we want to help you. And and our method of help isn't just helping you it is exterminating non-synthetic life in the process and so this is so you gotta believe Giardati knows this right
1: yeah so a couple of things came to mind for for me with this one is that like this breaks your mind if you are a Jat uh, Vash initiate who can't take it because it's you're not technically compatible with the information like it's right. it's like meant for a different kind of thought process or whatever. Uh but also the thing we learn about the XB Romulans is that they are like they're like way more fucked up by being borged and deborged than other yeah. kinds of humanoids. Maybe that's why it fucks up Romulans that try and interface with it. Like maybe it's the same thing at play. Yeah. Like having synthetic thoughts go into your head if you're a Romulan is, you know, Romulans are particularly allergic to it in a way that like maybe a human that tried to go, you know, on a vision quest at the techno Stonehenge wouldn't have.
0: There's a lot we don't know that the characters do. And at the end of this scene, there's a lot that we know that the characters don't. Right. One of those things is that Sutra's poker face suggests that She's not going to give away the last part of this message. Girati, either because she doesn't know or is in agreement with Sutra's methods, is also not going to give away the last part of the message right. and they part ways and go about their business.
1: yeah this all this going about the business uh was strange and weird. <laughs>
0: yeah, Girati's uh, next stop is soon in his lab where Sung tells her that Maddox regretted leaving her behind and Juradi is like no actually like that was my choice to stay behind I wasn't going to I wasn't going to get into the family truckster and come out here and and <laughs> and do synthetic work like that wasn't my deal I needed to stay behind like they're confused about each other and their motivations here right away and then he tells Juradi that what she did was very very bad yeah he really
1: drags her for killing Maddox almost like it almost feels like he's doing that to guilt trip her into whatever he's doing with this with this body in this box that he has yeah uh, it kind of seems like he wants to download his brain into this body like he he's going for a the self-preservation play here
0: I am suspicious when people say nice things about Bruce Maddox yeah I think bottom line. Like when, when Sung says that like you you ex- extinguished his bright candle. Like you'll never there'll never be another one like, like him again. And then he sings that song because Brent Spiner loves show tunes. Yeah. He's like, and it seemed to me Bruce lived his life like a candle in the wind. Never knowing who to turn to when the ROM set in. <laughs> Picard would have liked to know Bruce, but he was making wine. The hollow doctor turned off long before he could have saved his life.
1: It's a really beautiful moment in the episode. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's just Brent Spiner doing Brent Spiner stuff, you know? Yeah. He loves that shit. Yeah.
1: Your rendition of it was also beautiful.
0: Thanks. I don't know how much we're bringing to this from reading the book the mm-hmm. picard book but that is why i don't like or trust bruce maddox and it's why i don't like or trust anyone who likes bruce maddox
1: yeah well i don't like or trust him from tng
0: yeah you know? and that's enough
1: yeah but but the book fleshes that out even more
0: what soong does at the end of this scene is say like do you want to repay your debt gerardi like yeah. you can make it right with me
1: has the uh, g- has the guilt trip worked agnes
0: And it's suggested because they're standing over the Gollum body that it would have something to do with that, right?
1: Yeah, she's going to inscribe some Hebrew on the forehead and download Brent Spiner's brain into it. But my theory presupposes that actually Picard is going to end up in this body and that's going to be the solution to the brain problem.
0: Please don't let it be that. While we're predicting things, Uh my crazy prediction for this show... Is that Picard dies in the next episode, he does not get put into another body. Wow. The idea of Picard season two was a fucking lie. Wow. Because that's what He the, went on he went on the view and tricked Whoopi Goldberg. That's what New Star Trek does. You can't believe what you hear from them. God damn Frankenstein. That's that's where I'm at. I think they kill Picard the next episode, and I think they're hinting at it. They're hint- they're giving you hope, false hope like this, like the hope of a golem. Yeah. No way, man. Wow. All right. Well, uh
1: what what do we want to this is a bet. I think he dies, but is is but resurrected <laughs> as a as an android. Yeah. You think he just dies. Yeah. Let's make it interesting. Here's my thought. Our tradition on the greatest discovery is at the end of a season we binge watch the series yeah. one more time, and the the episode after the last episode of the series is us recapping the binge watch. Mm-hmm. One of us is going to have to do that that episode, that that recap the binge watch episode while doing a power hour.
0: <laughs> is that the winner or the loser? That's what I don't understand.
1: The loser. Wow. There is a third way, because we could both we be could, wrong. We could both lose. I think if we both lose, we both have to. <laughs> All right, fine.
0: Fine. <laughs> Fine. Deal. Because so many Americans think getting drunk is fun. Another thing that suggests something might be fucked up with Tsung is that, like, there's never any talk of the science being done there being for the good of anything else but him. Right. Or, or as the realization of his great ideas. Right. Like, we're not making a new thing that's going to revolutionize... This, for the benefit of X. Yeah, I wondered what the synths want. They can't be content just playing kickball in, yeah, in the and, plaza. And like
1: playing the mirror game. <laughs> what do they do yeah. every day? What's their life even? Sutra also just feels like the Stefan Urkel to Soji's mm. St- Steve Urkel. A TV writer's conception of what a cool is. Mm. You know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, because up until now, uh, Soji and her sister were so strong and mysterious. Yeah. And now we've pivoted fully into sexy and mysterious. Yeah. In a way.
1: We get this scene that's like Sutra going like, are we going to do the evil plan, Soji? And Soji going, I don't know. Should we do the evil plan or should we not do the super evil plan? And Sutra's like, you know you want to. And Soji's like, okay. Okay. I guess we'll do it, but we won't say what the plan is or anything about what the goal is in yeah. this scene because this scene is just there so that you can remember later when we start being evil
0: together. Oh yeah, they had that conversation about their evil plan. Right. You get the sense that one is scorched earth, one is not scorched earth. <laughs> I'm not convinced that Soji at this point in time has been convinced. I yeah. mean, to me, they seem to be synthagger heads. mm <laughs>
1: you know sutra's plan involves killing some people Mm -hmm. and Soji's plan involves killing some people but sutra characterizes Soji's plan as like leading to a lot of death yeah and it seems like uh we would maybe want to get some actual numbers attached to those two uh
0: (laughs) yeah i mean you really want to pro and con this thing yeah i think
1: uh Best cut in the episode, uh, they turn and see that Narek is being dragged down to the compound by probably the first two synths. Uh, these, these twin brothers that look like the most bad and weird. Oh no, really? <laughs> I
0: just thought they were real bouncer types.
1: I thought that they looked like they had been like golded up the most and uh-huh. like made look the weirdest, oh. like intentionally like, cause there's people from all over the spectrum among the synths and
0: yeah it's a real united colors of benetton ad except they're all gold <laughs> they're all different shades of
1: gold yeah um she says looked what the cat dragged in smash Cat to spot 2.0 right i had a problem because she she says uh uh this is dr Gerardi holding the cat and uh and captain rios comes in and she says yeah they made him referring to the cat mm-hmm. drops the cat on the floor
0: this is clearly a female cat Oh, you were, you were checking out its undercarriage? Yeah. This cat has has teats. Oh. It's a female cat. Oh. Just saying they made her.
1: Wasn't that the deal with the first Spot, too? I thought Spot was a girl, except for orange cats are almost always
0: boys. I don't know anything about cats, and I, and I live with one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cat that lives in my house. Yeah. I envy that in you. <laughs> the next few scenes are goodbye scenes, because in this one, Rios enters, and he's like, Hey, babe. Gotta go back to my ship and fix it up. I don't know if you know this, but it's very fixable. I know it. I know it looks bad right now, but I'm going to take it to a Mako, yeah, <laughs> America's Body Shop. We're going to pound some of those dents
1: out and <laughs> fill them with uh, putty. I
0: No one's going to see this coming, but there's going to be a cool like summer rental style montage where everyone chips <laughs> in and like does the thing that they're good at, yeah. and that's going to get the ship back into shape. <laughs> Rios is like us though; he does not trust these people at the compound, and that's what he tells Gerardi before he goes.
1: Yeah. I didn't even trust the ship fixer device that uh, the one lady gives Rafi. She's yeah. like, here, it fixes ships. It's a yeah. ship fixer. Just go ahead and fix fix up your ship with it. That I, shit looked hella suspicious.
0: I didn't pay it much mind at all because what happens in that scene is is I love you, JL. Yeah. And in what maybe is my favorite part of the episode is that moment. Like You can see it twist- picard up into knots and he can't even say it directly to her he's got to like do the turn away it's
1: not my favorite moment in the episode like everything from i love you jl Mm -hmm. to him saying it back to her and then like and then scurrying away basically i loved but everything up until that i was like what the fuck is going on here she's saying everything you've done for me yeah what is what has he done for her Yeah, he's... Like, he did something for her by, like, tapping her on the shoulder and, like, making her his first officer on the Romulan spacelift, but that was... He he ruined her life. That came to a disastrous end.
0: Yeah. I am less and less feeling sorry for Picard's inability to show affection or feel love, and more and more seeing him as, like, a tragic figure that doesn't have to live the way that he does. Yeah. Like, I feel no empathy for his reluctance to share his feelings with the people around him like they're there and like it used to be a quality about him that was like oh that makes him interesting it's not interesting anymore
1: well it was an interesting quality when he was a captain because he had to do that because he had to it was a professional choice yeah yeah and the idea that it's just like yeah he's actually just broken
0: it's like muscle memory for him not to love like fuck that yeah i don't dig that at all yeah we're going to have a lot of conversations about this in this episode, which is, like, we like the performance, but we don't like the motivation. Like, Michelle Hurd in this scene is rad. Yeah. And she kills it, but it just doesn't get you there. Yeah. Because, because of the motivation and what we know to be the truth of these characters.
1: Yeah. I'm glad that he comes back up over the top and says he loves her. Yeah. It, it felt true. Yeah. I don't know what she means when she says all the things you've done for me, though. No. Yeah. I can't think of a thing.
0: No. No, especially because like she could and should say that to Rios. Right. And you would definitely know what she means by that. Right. Yeah. Picard
1: has not taken a great interest in what's going on with her.
0: I wonder if there was a draft of this episode where that was Rios. Interesting. And they made it like, well, God, if we're saying goodbye to people, like we we need someone to tell Picard that they love him and we need Picard to have that moment and we're just going to like brute force... That scene into shape this way Rather than the way it probably could have And should have been yeah. In a more true way hmm. Anyway, uh, Picard kicks it in Maddox's office Trying to hail Starfleet And of course he can't yeah. Because either they're too far away Or that's or just not how jammed. the station is configured Like they've never contacted Starfleet Because that they've never wanted to They've hidden from Starfleet Yeah, Looks like Maddox has one of those sit down showers In Oof. his quarters too
1: he was chilling the most yeah (laughs) it wasn't
0: fully retired but he was getting ready yeah it's back with a lifetime warranty i do like uh the type of house that has a shower with a big window yeah like there's nobody out there yeah but there could be yeah
1: it's a little element of danger (laughs) (laughs) makes the shower sex especially exciting yeah i don't uh, think
0: shower sex is good by the way i think it's bad wow hot take Shower has some appeal to me. This is the shower that you famously piss in. So you do a lot of things in God damn it. In a shower. That's canonical Benjamin R. Harrison. That's yeah. that. <laughs> when it's the
1: middle of the night and I just want to get back to bed as fast as possible.
0: I'm not
1: pissing in the shower while having sex in it. You're a fucking freak, man. <laughs> <laughs> We got to uh, Narek in jail and he is uh, trying to trick one of the synths into uh, opening opening the gate so that he can probably attempt to overpower her and escape. But Soji comes down and puts a stop to this. And then he sort of starts begging, begging for forgiveness like a fuckboy spurned.
0: This was really great work by uh by harry treadaway like i like i i i believed him i believed him the way that i was supposed to believe him and fall for his bullshit yeah it was that good it was it it
1: it it had a great deal of truth to the fuck boy who has has lost his access to the woman who would tolerate him
0: yeah i felt manipulated and and that was effective um he uh, he ends this by
1: saying like I pity you like she's like I hate you but I hate myself for pitying you yeah and he says I I pity you because about a about two hundred Romulan ships are start they're about to start raining hot fire down on this planet and you're yeah. gonna be dead
0: when my sister gets here you're gonna be so upset. <laughs> Next up for Soji after this is Picard, who's in Maddox's office, and they continue the conversation they started in the La Serena. If you remember in the very beginning, they have a brief conversation about like, well, what do we do about Nerik and his wounded ship? Like we it's okay to to shoot people on the battlefield. It's probably not okay to shoot wounded soldiers. We need to try to, to rescue him. Right. That was disputed at the time by Nerik's actions who, like, Narek was playing possum yeah. and kept fighting. But in this scene, Picard and Soji talk about, like, the nature of life and death and sacrifice and power. Yeah. And it's- JL, like, in talking about the math of such things, is, like, all that really matters to a person involved in such matters is where the power lies.
1: Yeah. Well, it's kind of the trolley problem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're the one person on the one side... and. Of- and watching somebody throw the switch to save the eight people on the other side, you're pretty mad at the person that threw the switch, right? you know, and that's, uh, that's sort of what he's talking about here.
0: There's a line of dialogue that I hope doesn't become literal, which is Picard telling Soji, the thing that matters is who's holding the knife. And god damn it if in the next episode it's going to come down to like Soji going stabby on someone <laughs> after a moment of thinking about it. Yeah. That's going to be upsetting. That would be bad.
1: But maybe it shouldn't be so simple.
0: Concurrent with this scene Sutra has relieved Saga of Nerik sitting. And takes down the force field in order to go inside.
1: At some point, Neric got his face wound fixed. Yeah. In between the last scene and this one. He's looking great. Yeah. Uh, This definitely feels like Soji is keeping pipes occupied while. Oh. While Sutra does this deed.
0: I was not thinking that. That's interesting.
1: Because they keep having the conversation and it ends with a like. And it's very like, you know, dinner party murder mystery where it's like, wait a second. So it was Saga and Sutra, but then Saga left and left Sutra with Narek. But then when they run down there, it's Saga that's dead and it's Alton that's sitting there with her. So how did that all happen? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, what did Saga go do? And then why is she back? And did somebody kill her over there and bring her over here? Or is And is Alton involved? Did Alton stab her? How did Alton overpower her when we know that these synths are super ass kickers when somebody attempts to try some violence on them? Was Saga involved? Did Saga consent to being killed for the betterment of all of the synths? <laughs>
0: Steve McQueen's looking at all of the uh, synths lined up, and he's like, now that synth used to be in love with (laughs) Neric, But Neric's currently being mounted by that synth (laughs) over there. (laughs) Uh, A lot of questions. Soji and Soji-type synthetics sure do have a type, huh? They really do. Because I don't think this scene suggests it. I think it full-on makes you believe that... Uh, that Sutra would fuck Narek if yeah. given the chance. She's like,
1: I'm torn between using you, killing you, and fucking you. Yep. But I'm going to use you first.
0: Right. And then, then and then use you by fucking you. Then
1: maybe you. fuck you, then definitely kill you.
0: Narek's like, have you ever considered uh, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> there, is, there is a third part of this game. Yeah. <laughs> we could both be stuck drinking a ton of beer. <laughs> Soji and Picard stand over Saga's body and they see the brooch like stabbed through her eyes. Yeah. And then like this is one of the scenes in this episode that like really made me roll my eyes. Picard stands up, turns to camera, puts on his sunglasses and is like, "Nerik, we never should have taken our eyes off of him." Yeah. No! <laughs> <laughs>
1: They get the funeral together so fast. They really do. Like they uh almost
0: as if they're prepared to have kind of a lot of funerals there.
1: Yeah. And uh Sutra is uh, you know, eulogizing a little bit and Picard comes in and is like, "WTF?
0: What is going on here?" Because you don't want to politicize anyone's funeral, and that's what's happened here. Yeah. It's turned into an anti-organics rally. Yeah. And they're
1: saying, like, we've got, to, we've got to blow in a phone call to these extra temporal synthetics mm-hmm. that have, uh, have left this nice signpost for us. Um, that's, that's our purpose. Like, organics exist to bring us into existence, and then they have to die so that we can be safe and rescued from their oppression and Picard is like, no, like, we've got a spaceship. We can get out of here
0: and we don't have to worry about the Romulans. He gestures to the La Serena, like, <laughs> totally smoking and torn apart in the sand. Yeah. You're just going to have to use your imagination.
1: Yeah. I think it is uh, Soji that turns to him and says, Picard, this ain't the Romulan rescue, comma, a triple X parody. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think it do you think the. Since that came to this funeral and had to stand inside the windows were in like the cheap seats. That sucks. Yeah.
0: You don't want to be, you don't want to be up in the balcony behind the window.
1: It was like, we had that, like one of our first live shows in Boston was at this like insanely crappy venue where they told us that the capacity was way bigger than it actually was. And then we sold it out and a bunch of people had to sit up in a bar and watch like a video feed of the show.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey venues, that doesn't count. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah, that was really shitty. Yeah.
1: I feel I feel bad for these scents, but uh but you know, I mean, they may be super evil so. <laughs> right. And also they built this compound presumably, so yeah. they could have built it better.
0: This is an interesting scene because this is the moment where Sutra drops the knowledge that she learned from the end of the admonition video, I'm just going to call it.
1: You were sort of waiting for her to say it in the mind meld scene. Yeah. Picard still believes in his ability to persuade the Federation of his... uh,
0: uh (laughs) I love his instincts here. Like, if if ever I was made to lawyer, (laughs) surely it is now.
1: Lawyer Picard can come out of mothballs.
0: And it fucking works. Like, you could see his persuasiveness... uh, become it, effective and like you're seeing some nodding heads yeah. of recognition in and the crowd. And then Brent
1: Spiner's like, we got to get rid of you because you are starting to yeah. fuck our plan up just by saying that stuff.
0: Yeah. So I guess Picard's going to go into the jail cell that Narek was once in and they make the same threat against Girati. Jurati, who has faced prison time for most of this season <laughs> the threat of it and wiggles her way out of it by by telling Sung, you know like maybe i could be useful to you more useful to you here working working alongside you than in a jail cell how about
1: the implication being we download you into that golem so that you can go with the synths to the to synth heaven right,
0: right. yeah That also underscores when Sutra gets in Jurati's face about, like, you better be ready to die for your kids here, right? If you consider yourself the mother of the synthetics, like, you're going to die for us, right? And she's like, sure. But no such question is posed to Soong because Soong has the lifeboat up there in his office.
1: This new federation unites synthetic lifeforms in a powerful alliance.
0: It's crazy how the story of the synthetics becoming the destroyers has been twisted into this. Yeah. You know? Like at first it meant one thing, but now it means something completely different, and the way in which it became different wouldn't have been made possible without the synth ban and the destruction on Mars and the and the thing that happened with evacuating the Romulans, like right. it self-perpetuated itself.
1: Yeah, and the fact that some clips from the destruction of Mars were part of the admonition... Yeah. ...makes it feel very... Like, I wondered, is that like... That's a
0: little Battlestar galactic this happened before it'll happen again. Yeah. What's that about? Eh, I don't dig it. Maybe they keep updating the Techno Stonehenge with new footage. <laughs> yeah. they, maybe they George Lucas the Techno Stonehenge. <laughs>
1: they, uh... They Data re- shot first. Yeah. <laughs> They recast data, and now it's Hay- <gasps> Hayden Christensen that the that the robot morphs into. You were the chosen
0: one. <laughs> I hate sand; it gets in my gears. So the since arrest Picard and the Romulan fleet is only a day away, yeah. Commodore
1: O is on that bridge. Yeah the the button on the episode is a is a long pullout of Commodore O in full Romulan. Broad shouldered regalia.
0: I thought we should have stopped the episode there, but instead we cut to Starfleet HQ and we see like her out of office message.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's actually where Picard was calling, and that's why nobody comes.
0: That's right. Yeah. Hey, this is Commodore O.
1: Believe it or not, I'm
0: on a war bird, so leave a message. <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, (laughs) I'm-a-wrong. I think I know the answer to this question, Ben, but did you like this episode? I really didn't. I have
1: really liked the season so far. There have been stronger and weaker episodes, but I am very disappointed in episode nine. I'm not really sure, like... How you dig out of a hole like this, this feels very fucked up and messed with.
0: I am in total agreement with you and you using that terminology made me think this feels like a comic beginning a set with 10 minutes of shit. Maybe like, it is. as a test because so much about this episode feels contrived in a way that the episodes leading up to this one didn't. It feels tonally off. Yeah. It feels like it feels like a bad day in the writers' room. I've heard
1: a couple of rumors about why Michael Sheiban left the show uh after turning in season 1 and I won't repeat them because I don't know of their veracity or not. The
0: copies of those rumors have little, uh, like if you attempted to put them on a copy machine, it would reveal where exactly you got the rumors. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's like like Academy screeners. Yeah, You could get in a lot of trouble for spreading those rumors around.
0: Those rumors are watermarked, Ben. Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) But this episode made me wonder, did Akiva Goldsman come in and meddle in a way that he found intolerable or something. I wonder that too. So I, uh, I don't know. I I think that's another make it. Michael Shabon was the good guy and Akiva Goldman was the bad guy, not knowing anything about it. It's not what we're saying. I just, I can't see why you would take such a hard left turn into,
0: I don't think Michael Shabon's coming back for season two because Picard will be dead and there will not be a season two. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. We're in agreement here. This has been a really strong season up until now that I've really enjoyed watching. It feels like a different show this episode.
1: I also wonder just like has the world changed so radically in the last week that I like can't take joy in something that I liked <laughs> before?
0: You're now anhedonic? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's the case.
1: I I really hope
0: not. If this is a dig, if this is a stand-up comic dig, then then the next episode should be amazing. Like dig out of it, guys. Dig out of it. Show us what I, you got i'm I'm rooting for it. I want it to happen. I do too. And there's a lot of pieces in place that could
1: be really fun, yeah. yeah. it could be a uh, rise of the Borg cube.
0: Yeah. out of the sand. Yeah. I mean, give me that.
1: Give me that. Give me that shit.
0: Give me season two that's just uh, seven and nine cruising around in a in like a beat up Borg cube. <laughs> like Borg cube joins the Fenris Rangers and starts kicking some ass in the old neutral zone. The Fenris
1: Rangers become more powerful and more respected than the Federation because because
0: idiots are running the
1: Federation now.
0: All right, I'm on board. Yeah. Picard clearly dead. Everyone knows it. Mhm. <laughs> Picard clearly an android.
1: Everyone knows it.
0: <laughs> I think I think Picard would have really weird feelings a Post-Borg about becoming an android That's why I think
1: it's kind of an interesting Direction for the, like, like if that's The thing that you put at the top of the Corkboard when you're starting to break a season Of like, that's that's the Point we need to get to, how do we get there
0: God, like, Sir Patrick Stewart's just hard at work recording Every word in the dictionary So that So that they can... So that Robo Picard can live on for for season seven of Star Trek Picard? Yeah,
1: yeah. He doesn't have to come into work, but he still collects a paycheck and a team of animators in South Korea is just... Oh my God. ...working around the clock to make his performances seem semi-believable. Please don't let it be that. Please, please, please. (laughs) Have we been been lured into a trap, Adam?
0: (laughs) We'll still do the show. We'll have to do the show. We have to. We don't have a choice. Wow. That is our golem that we're (laughs) we're trapped in. (laughs) We're locked in this podcast golem, Ben.
1: You want to see if we have any priority one messages, my man?
0: Uh, They're not a threat at all. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel.
1: Well, this is a, another one of those apps that was going to be a Max Fund Drive episode, but is not because of the global emergency. And uh, the, the priority this week is take care of yourself. Uh, you know, continue to heed the admonitions of medical professionals.
0: And medical professionals only.
1: Yes, not podcasters. No. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, we're thinking about all of you guys, and we hope that uh, this show and uh, the other shows we do are a comfort in this scary and weird period of history.
0: Uh, Reach out to the Friends of DeSoto if you are on social media and uh, and link with them. I know there are a lot of people out there attempting to do good. Yeah, I Even think now.
1: That social media can be a real wasteland and can be very triggering. But if you filter it to just be Friends of DeSoto, it's just going to be like Star Trek memes and fun goof arounds. And yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's always welcome in my book. So, uh, yeah. And if you'd like to buy AP1 on the show, head to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's 100 bucks for a personal message and 200 for a commercial message. And we could really use the help. We sure could. I spent a lot of last week sick in bed and one thing I was so happy I had when I needed something to eat but didn't really have the energy to cook myself something was factor meals. Got a couple of these in the fridge at all times and they are delicious, fresh, never frozen chef-crafted meals and they're ready to go in just about two minutes. And this is convenience food that is actually tasty and full of real ingredients and not hyper-processed crap and they got you covered all throughout the day. They got pancakes, smoothies, grab-and-go bites, and uh, you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause and reschedule deliveries at any time. So head to factormeals.com trek50 and use code TREK50 to get 50% off. That's code TREK50 at factormeals.com TREK50 to get
0: 50% off. What do you think of when you think of male grooming? Maybe it's a sharp haircut and a little bit of product, or a bit of the old beard wax twisted into the ends of a mustache. Maybe it's a shower, a shave, a little spritz of fragrance. Me, I think of shaving my nuts. And not just my nuts, all around those nuts. I'm talking all around those nuts. And this form of male grooming is hard to do when your junk looks like a log of Play-Doh rolled through a dustpan in a barber shop. It's wrinkly, it's wriggly, nothing stays in place, and it's the one area where you don't wanna have an accident. That's why I'm glad we're sponsored by the spring cleaning champions at Manscaped. They sent me their brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It's their fifth generation trimmer, featuring two interchangeable next-gen skin safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little bit off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. They also sent me an extra large Manscaped t-shirt, which I will never wear, but it was nice of them to do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in your pants.
1: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
0: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
1: (laughs) Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at
0: MaximumFun.org. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you discover yourself an Edward Larkin? Edward Larkin! I did.
1: I'm going to give it to seven of nine. I really liked that she was just doing bits. She's in very little of this episode, but she like dumps a body off of a high ledge and asks Picard if he's here to fuck things up more, <laughs> which uh, I just loved her attitude. I thought I thought she was larkening the most, at least as far as
0: I was concerned in this episode. We're going to double this one up, Ben. It's crazy, right? Because I felt the same way for exactly the same reason. Nice. You know that I'm in the middle of, uh, of an unpack portion of a move and I love the idea that Seven of Nine crashes the ship into the planet and like you don't even know where to begin at that point and like, I like guess we'll triaging, get rid of these Romulan bodies like pick a body, kick it off a ledge we gotta clean up <laughs> Yeah. in the same way that I'm like I don't know what's in this box open the box, mm-hmm. unpack it get yeah. it done just
1: take pieces and put them away it's something that you gotta do shovelful by shovelful
0: I'm going to say this also, uh, best hair of the season. Mm. Uh, Jerry Ryan, seven of nine, this episode, that scene. Pretty killer hair. Great hair.
1: All right. Well, uh, that just about does it for us. Oh, I guess uh, I got to do the uh, next time on, right?
0: Yeah, we have the season and what I'm calling the series finale coming up next week. It's part two of this episode, Ben. What do we see in the preview?
1: Well, Adam, uh, we got a little edited package at the end of the episode showing a lot of orchids going up into space and fighting Romulans. Did
0: it look like 200 and... (laughs)
1: <laughs> it, it looks like quite a few, maybe, maybe one shy, but oh, then there no. was a shot of Rafi just like super faded <laughs> off in a corner. So I think we know what happened to that one.
0: You know, have you ever tried cross pollinating one of these orchids with maybe uh, snakeweed?
1: snake <laughs> <laughs> weed? Um, yeah, it looks like, uh, the, the compound is also like self reconstructing in some way. Ooh. Uh, and, uh, Picard is begging Soji not to uh follow this evil path that Sutra has put her on. Um looks like Picard's out of jail in those scenes. Yeah. And it looks like the La Serena is very flyable. Huh. So uh it may have gone by in a glimpse that I didn't catch, but uh, no no word from Borg's cube, so uh not sure what happens there.
0: I wonder if they blew their Borg load with the surprising appearance of it this episode yeah they're not gonna they're not gonna hat on hat maybe not yeah surprising it, borg appearance right it,
1: it's like it's like severing a head that takes a second to slip off the body with elnor like you can't <laughs> do it more than once in a season
0: yeah i mean shit we need we need more decap attacks yeah maybe we'll get some
1: elnor was definitely punching some of those scents in uh in this episode in this uh little yeah. preview so yeah I mean, what you want to see is Elnor punch a synth in the the face and then go like, ow, my hand! You know, that really hurt my hand very badly. Radical candor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he just turns to camera, radical candor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to leave it with throbs from here, so thanks for listening, and uh, tune back next week for the exciting conclusion of Star Trek Picard. Season 1.
0: The Greatest Discovery is a Maximum Fun podcast hosted by Benjamin Harrison and Adam Pranica. It's produced by me, Rob Schulte. Our theme music is by friend of DeSoto and YouTube sensation Adam Ragusia. The Greatest Discovery is made possible by the support of our listeners like you. Visit MaximumFun.org slash join and pledge your support. If you'd like to discuss the show online, please use the hashtag GreatestDiscovery. You can find Ben on Twitter at BenjaminAHR. Adam is at CutForTime. And I'm at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks. We'll see you on the next episode of The Greatest Discovery.
1: MaximumFun.org
0: Comedy and culture.
1: Artist owned. Audience supported.